welcome back to another bodacious episode of the TBFFL podcast. My name is Griffin. I am joined once again, as always, by my co-host Luke. Luke, how you doing? Feeling bodacious? <laughs> hey, feeling pretty bodacious. Another great word. Just bringing it back. Thank I'm, you. I'm liking it. And Good. hey, it was a pretty bodacious week. Um, not for everyone, but you know, it worked nope. out. And so Lions got a win. It's true. And Broncos got a win, so they looking, sure pretty, did. looking pretty good. Yeah, we're feeling good over here on the TVFFL pod. Our, our real-life teams are winning. Our fantasy teams are winning in games that were, you know, maybe a little less than ideal, but we still won, so we'll take that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, pretty pretty fun week overall. A lot of Going into the week, felt like there were a lot of matchups that were super one-sided in, in the real world, like... I don't know. It just didn't. It wasn't the most thrilling and appealing week of football. Besides, maybe like Chiefs Eagles, which somewhat lived up to the hype. I was I was expecting. I mean, good defenses, of course, but it was I was kind of hoping for a bit of a shootout, and we didn't really get that. But it was still a fun it, game last night, right? Yeah, it was a it was an exciting game. Yeah, it definitely wasn't a shootout. Yeah. I was hoping for a few more touchdowns, but it was really mm-hmm. close and really exciting. Um, impressive to see the Eagles that they were basically down the whole game, but still were able to pull out the yeah. win. Um, yeah, it felt like there were a lot of good primetime games. Um, mm-hmm. And then the non-primetime games ended up being really good and really close. Surprisingly um, so, yeah. Surprisingly. Like, yeah, Lions-Bears, super close, oh, yeah. super exciting. Even Cowboys-Panthers was way closer than it should have been. Yeah, especially the first half. It wasn't like 17-7 to or 17-10. to It was like they were hanging around until the very end but like yeah it was, it was a pretty solid game i yeah i was i was pleased um yeah it all, and the I backup mean, qb train just keeps going yeah. we're adding more and more every week yeah and unfortunately we got man. jake browning next week tim boyle Ooh, it's, yes sir. i've heard it quoted a few times that's like it's amazing that there's only 15 people in the entire entire world that can play quarterback in an nfl level. not not 32 yeah. there's there's like nope. 15 only 15 that can do it well to great you know <laughs> yeah freaking tim boyle i can't believe we can't like how can we not find somebody better than tim boyle or how can the jets not find like they just signed trevor simeon who is apparently apparently the depth chart is going to be tim boyle trevor simeon and then zach wilson is what i heard this week um yeah i heard that too which <laughs> so, i feel like trevor simeon would be better than tim boyle yeah oh for sure because he's won a I, game Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think, ah, gosh, I can't remember exactly what it was, but in our podcast I listened to, they said Tim Boyle's like all time record, like college and NFL, is like 15 and 35 or something like that. Like he's only played like 50 games and he's lost by far the majority of them. So why is this guy the starting QB for the Jets? Like there's other people available. Like the Browns went out and signed Joe Flacco, who, mind you, was with the Jets last year um and just like have him now on the roster is like an option and it's like okay why didn't you go get a guy like him or like a case keenum or you know something something like that i'll never understand or trade for jacoby Brissett. i guess you can't anymore but i was saying it earlier but still it bothers it just bugs me the jets are i don't know i think they just rode with zach wilson for too long and now it might be too late which is a bummer but oh well <laughs> Yeah, and then, yeah, we'll see how Jake Browning does yeah. because we will cover it. I think we need to move on to the injury section. Yeah, yeah, speaking of these quarterbacks and their replacements, um, the biggest news of the week um, obviously came way back on Thursday uh, as Joe Burrow is officially done for the year. 
massive loss for the Bengals. I have to kind of believe this season might just be a wash now. I, I, I don't think they can compete in their division or with the other AFC teams without Burrow. What do you, what do you think as someone who has a bit of a, a Bengals connection? Yeah, I think it's definitely looking a lot rougher because they would probably be the third team from their division to make the playoffs, maybe even fourth. Um, And they've got a really tough schedule. I think they have the toughest schedule in the NFL. Um, And so it's going to be tough, but you can always hope that he's Jake or yeah, Jake Browning. Yeah, (laughs) Jake Browning is he's on a really good team. He has great weapons. I mean, he has one of the top three wide receivers in the game, um, maybe the best um, number two wide receiver in football that he should be able to do better than other backups just because of the talent that surrounds him. But I think, yeah. I don't know if he'll be able to elevate them enough to keep winning games when they were five and five already. Yeah, it's it's going to be rough. Had they won maybe some more of those games early in the season when Burrow was already hurt, like that could have been the difference maker. Like if they're sitting at seven or eight wins right now, I think maybe Browning can kind of, you know, eke out a couple of wins and sort of at least keep them in it. But when you're sitting at 500 and there's a lot of our teams that are kind of on the rise. And I mean, even like I think of like my Broncos or the, the freaking Colts with Gardner Minshew are sitting there at five and five, like just the teams in the AFC playoff picture right now are just, it's so, like everybody is kind of in it, which is super weird to look at. But um, like the Raiders, yeah. I mean, the Chargers are not looking great right now, but they're absolutely still in it. Like every four and six and five and five team is is kind of fighting, and they're just teams that are hotter right now that I think are going to kind of keep going, um, so long as they don't run into any injury walls or anything major. Um, and just I think that's going to kind of hurt the Bengals quite a bit. But yeah, um, I will say last com- comment on that. But sure, is sure. that. Actually, after looking at their schedule, their next five games are mm-hmm. decently winnable. They got the Steelers, okay. who good defense, bad offense. Jaguars yeah. are, you know, hot and cold. Colts, True. winnable. Vikings, uh-huh. winnable. And then Steelers again. After that, okay. they have the Chiefs and the Browns, so that's a tough last two games. That's but tough. those next five yeah. feel doable. So I think we'll know maybe after next week how Jake Browning really is. Yeah. Absolutely. That'll be so their their game this week is against the Steelers. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah, that'll be a good test for Browning because that is one of the better defenses. Great pass rush. So like if he's getting pressured a lot, and I know the Bengals O line has improved a little bit, but it's still far from great. So it'll be interesting to see if they can protect Brown and give him enough time. Um and I doubt he's as mobile as our boy Burrow. So um, but anyway, a couple other quick injuries. Uh, we also lost Mark Andrews on Thursday, unfortunately, or I guess rather your team also lost Mark Andrews on Thursday. Hopefully, yep. maybe if you made a playoff push, he could return, which would be great. But I, it's, it's, I thought originally he was going to be out for the year. So the sign or the idea that he could potentially be back in like four weeks or something is promising, right? Yeah, I would doubt it. I'm guessing more if he comes back, it'll be for like the NFL playoffs. I don't think yeah. there's any way he comes back for the regular season, yeah. but you never know. You never um, know. Yeah. Sad that to lose him. Truly, yeah. And speaking of guys you lost, we can also talk about Devon Achan, who came back after IR and got injured after two carries um, again. So he, he showed up to work and then said, nope, not today. Uh 
just a bummer. I, like for yeah, I, mean, I think for him his especially. Is pretty minor. I, yeah, it should. Be. I know he wanted be. to come back into the game, and McDaniel wouldn't let him. So, hoping he's back this week. Um, it is a short week, so you never know. But uh, definitely by next week, I think he'll be ready yeah. to go. Hopefully, yeah. Even if they just use him a little bit, because they have you know so much talent around the ball, and they are playing the Jets, so you know they might just kind of work him back in, which should be good. Um, other guys who went down, uh, Aaron Jones went down with a more major injury, so he will probably be missing a decent amount of time, if not. He's not done for the year, though, I don't think, is he? Um, no, but I think they're expecting it to be a couple weeks at, um, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, it looks pretty bad. And I think if ugly. they are out of the playoff picture, then he could be for good. For sure, but yeah. Um, and then a couple last things uh, coming from the Seahawks-Rams game, which turned out to be a pretty pretty decent game as well. Uh, the Seahawks were definitely struggling with injuries as they lost Kenneth Walker. Um, but Zach Charbonnet came in there and looked great, as everyone kind of expected he would if Kenny ever went down. So uh, they should be okay. Guessing he probably doesn't play this week, just on the short week. Um, but who knows, he might come back because um, this is a very important matchup with the Niners they have on Thanksgiving. Uh, so we'll see. And then Geno Smith also left the game for a little while with an elbow injury, I believe. Uh, and Drew Locke came in there and you know kept him going at least for a little bit, but then Geno returned. And so it'll be interesting to see an update on him coming up on Thursday. And then lastly from that game, uh, for me personally, Cooper Cup going down was a bit of a, a bummer, and it had me real worried just with, you know, taking so long to get healthy for uh, this season and not really knowing and the way he was grabbing his, his leg when he got up. I was like, oh, no, it's over. Like, he's done. And then it turns out it was just a low ankle sprain, and he got stepped on and, you know, pretty common injury, and it was like, oh, thank goodness. So, um he, I could see him missing a week just because they want to be safe, but, you know, he's a tough guy. He's He battled back from that crazy hamstring injury quicker than a lot of people expected, I think, so we'll see what happens. Um, and they're also, you know, in the mix of things in a, a tight division, so every game sort of counts for the Rams right now, and they got Stafford back, and um, Kyron Williams comes back this week. So, yeah, very interesting to see what the Rams do with Cup and their other star players <coughs> going forward. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but anyway, I think, I think that's about it. And so, um, little update for everybody before we jump into the games here, we're going to try something a little bit different this week. Uh, let us know what you think of it. We're going to, we're going to go through each game individually together. Luke and I are going to, um, kind of just talk about what we saw, what we liked, present some stats and interesting findings to each other, um, and sort of dissect each game, uh, one by one. So. That being said, let's dive right in. And the first game I wanted to talk about is uh, your game, actually, between the <laughs> less puss, more cleats, and almost won another game, which has never, ever been more true than it was this week, our poor July. But happy for you, Luke. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a game. And I think I'll start <laughs> sure off this was. discussion saying, uh-huh. I know that this is a stupid game that we play, it's just for fun and just for pride, yeah. but I have never been more frustrated than watching Trevor Lawrence score 32 points after I dropped him, and he scored 32 points going against me. It's unbelievable that fantasy football can do this kind of thing to, to people. It's so true, though. Like, I put myself in your shoes, and I thought about, like, I, couldn't, I don't think I could even conjure how mad I would be if I did such a thing. So I, I really felt bad for you, and when it was looking gloomy and i thought july was gonna you know as it kind of expected or as 
the course of the games progressed and it looked like July was going to win, I was like, oh, this is j- this would be absolutely brutal. So my condolences, yeah, it, but it ended up being all right because uh, it came yeah. down to Jake Elliott on Monday Night Football. He needed. <laughs> Um, basically three and a half points. It ended up, it would have to be four because kickers can't get half points, but he got three points. Yeah. And so I was able to hold off July thanks to some pretty solid rookie performances with uh, Jameer Gibbs coming up, club, coming in clutch again. Um, he's now the RB10 on the year. Yeah. Um, and then Tank Dell has been amazing. Oh, he he's been great. Eight of 10 targets for 149 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, he's been on a tear. Wow. Yeah, he's a wide receiver, 16, I'm just now seeing. But I think I thought I heard somewhere over the last, like, two, three weeks, he's been wide receiver, like, six or five or something like that, which makes sense with Nico not being there. And he's just become Stroud's go-to guy. And it's it's crazy. He's You know, he's only, like, 5'8 or 5'7 or something like that, and, like, 155, 160. It's crazy. Like that's me. Yeah, he's small. <laughs> and he's I was a little, old. Little bigger. He's a rookie. He's rookie, but he's twenty four. Yeah, that's that's wild. Everything about that screams like not a good NFL player. <laughs> like coming into the league, rookie, like not gonna have a good rookie year. But he's beating all the allegations, <laughs> and I'm I'm stoked. Uh, he's a very fun player to watch, and him and Stroud have like every time they connect, it just feels like they have that chemistry. And like, yeah, they celebrate together. It's, it's the Texans. I don't think the Texans have ever been this fun to watch other than maybe like prime Deshaun Watson, which is, you know, a sore subject, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Here's, here's a great question. Okay, You're okay. in a dynasty league. So sure. you keep the same players every year. Yep. Would you prefer to have Garrett Wilson or Tank Dell? Wow. That's way harder than it should be i think i got oh boy because like you know stroud is they're gonna like you know the texans are gonna keep stroud and tank dell like they're for together a, for the next four or five yeah. years with the jets you know garrett wilson is probably still gonna be there but like rogers is getting older even if he plays next year what if he retires after that and so you maybe get wilson with a great quarterback for like another year two tops I get. I I don't want to put a cap on it, but, and then you just gotta hope the Jets find another answer at quarterback, right? Yeah. So that's hard. I gun to my head. I think I still go Garrett Wilson, but I want to do Tank Dell really bad. <laughs> yeah, it's a. I mean, it's a hard one, and obviously Tank Dell is older than Garrett Wilson too, and smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably less talented, but he's got a great situation, and he's showing they might be as talented. Um, and also, just to kind of continue on with this game, Goof Golf yeah. showed up this week, three Goof interceptions. Um, but July's team, he had Trevor Lawrence, who just exploded. Amon Ross yeah. St. Brown had another great week. He's just the most consistent player in fantasy, pretty much. Absolutely. Um, but no rate. other player scored more than eight points for July, and I think that's yeah. where the downfall came. That is a big time bummer, and it's it's wild now with with Aaron Jones being injured. July's starting running backs going forward are now Alexander Madison, and then his choice of Hubbard, Khalil Herbert, or Tyler Algier. <laughs> How rough is that? 
<laughs> losing yeah, Chubb and Aaron Jones for most. I mean, Jones has been like in and out most of the year, then Chubb early. Like that's that's brutal. Um, but yeah, and then I mean, like you know a thing or two now about the injury bug because you got a bit of hardship coming your way with Mark Andrews and hopefully the Devon HN injury isn't long, but that was also a bummer as we talked about earlier. And then, you know, I think we also talked about Burrow and I wonder like how much will that affect Jamar Chase? Like it, it's going to impact him a little bit at least, right? Like he'll still be wide receiver one and getting a lot of targets from Jake Browning, but I think the floor just like- got a little bit lower, right? I think going forward, if I have to bench uh, one of my wide receivers, I would bench Chase over Dell. Like, I think I value I Dell now as my wide receiver one, and Chase is my you wide should. receiver two, which should be fine. But, yeah, yeah I, think, nuts. I think Chase is get, still going to be a probably top 20 wide receiver, but Oh, yeah, we'll yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, so I, I started um, taking note of the uh, playoff chances, uh, the fantasy pros does like an analysis like stat and stuff to um, kind of give percent percentage chances or whatever um, for each team kind of showing what everyone's going to be I forgot to take a screenshot of it last week and you unfortunately can't go back a week or not that I figured out at least so I'm just kind of making I'm not making assumptions but we're just kind of next week I'll be able to tell you improve and um, people who are falling but uh, so this week, uh, with your win, you let's see here. You're now sitting at a you have a 15 percent chance to make the playoffs and a two percent chance to win it all. So that's up, I believe, from from last week. Because had you or I don't know if it is because a lot of teams ahead of you also won. But if you had lost, I, I'm sure that number would be very much lower because you'd need to basically win out, I think, to make playoffs. So yeah, this win yeah, you was. Can just- so important to you. it was big i think i was out if i yeah. lost so yeah but yeah you can just call me milk time because i'm coming for that two percent <laughs> oh my gosh um and then july unfortunately i i don't think he was officially eliminated last week i'm going off the what i remember but i believe he is the first team now to officially be eliminated from the playoffs so good games july um really unlucky year for you my friend uh but I know you'll bounce back. You're you're a good fantasy football player, but and we're sad to see you go. But um, a good valiant effort for sure. Uh, but yeah, that's all I really had for for this game. Anything else you wanted to touch on? Um, no, not really. I think that's about it. Other um, that Marquise Brown had another dud. He was third on the team in targets. Um, mm. But yeah, I think we're good to move on. All right. Cool. Um, well, our next game, let's see, what is it? I believe it is Papa Smurf versus The Flock. Um, and this this was a tight one. This was also a very, two, two I started us off with two very tight games back-to-back, like both within one to two points of each other. Um, yeah, this one, this one came down to Monday Night Football 2 with Travis Kelsey. Yes, um, and... For a while there, it was kind of looking... I mean, Kelsey had that touchdown, but he really didn't do a whole lot else. So um, for him to just barely get enough points to give Shep the win, that's that's kind of a dodge-the-bullet type moment there um, for him. But, hey, win's a win, as we just discussed with your game. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty good stuff. I mean, th- both these guys are definitely contenders uh, hovering around the middle uh, with, with the win. 
Reed goes to six and five, or sorry, with the win, Shep goes to six and five, and Reed drops to six and five. Um, so, yeah. But I think the biggest thing that stands out when you look at the the scoreboard, I, maybe just by like name power alone, because some of these guys didn't like score a whole lot, but with Ridley finally having a good day, despite being on um, Reed's bench. Just the name power alone of Stefan Diggs, Chris Olave, Debo Samuel, and Kelvin Ridley is bonkers. Like, if Ridley were to keep that up, you know? Like, just those guys. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that could, if Ridley wow. becomes what he was supposed to be, then Reed's wide receivers are really solid. And yeah. I heard the Kelvin riding my bench instead of Kelvin Ridley um, a lot this week because, <laughs> like, no one played him and no one should. Um, yeah. I sent Reed the meme uh this week about uh, pam beasley holding the two different pictures and it's uh, yeah, gabe yeah. davis and calvin ridley and it's they're the same <laughs> picture <laughs> that's so true the biggest boomer bus guys of the year both could be qualified uh, under that for sure oh my gosh. but i thought it was interesting that reed had three bills on his team um, oh yeah and, but they totaled 8.2 points and wow in a game gabe davis they... was just yeah oh go ahead i was just gonna say that a game where they completely obliterated the jets and gabe davis did nothing <laughs> yeah he was just doing cardio out there he had zero targets yeah. <laughs> he literally could have been at home yeah it would not have changed anything man that's nuts but oh my gosh yeah just like looking oh there's there's so many single digit performances in this this game it's just kind of a kind of another one where there just wasn't a lot going on i mean shep got fields back which was good so you know i was kind of that was clearly very helpful but you know Tua performed pretty well on his bench but not like had he started Tua, he wouldn't have won so good call. i was gonna say that's a there. big brain move by shep to start very. justin fields over Tua. i don't think i would have done that but nah yeah shep would have lost against the that. lions right the lions mm-hmm. versus the raiders like who are you going there when it comes to qbs against defenses i definitely would have gone Tua. so huge plus in that decision making although i will say justin fields versus the lions i'm pulling up his uh trying to pull up his rushing stats Hmm. um because i think he rushes like crazy against the lions um let's see if i can i believe it it, like historically like the past couple like the games prior so, to this season, it makes a lot of sense. But yeah, what it would it what he's he's averaged um ninety eight yards um rushing against the Lions. Whoa. And that includes one game where he rushed for nine yards. And then he has 147, 132, and then this past game was 104. Really? That's yeah. That's crazy, actually. Wow, I would have definitely Huh, I didn't know it was that that good. But like yeah. He plays the Lions again in a few weeks, so yeah, interesting. See what to do there. And this time it'll be in Chicago. So, hmm. It could be an interesting choice. When, let's see, when the Bears play Lions, what week? Week 14 after the bye, it looks like. I'm checking yep. to see two, Tua plays. Tua and the Dolphins play Tennessee that week. Yeah. Yeah, Tua's uh. next. Well, so the Dolphins go, they have the Jets this week, obviously, which good defense. Um, I think is it is, I truly do think it is going to be a closer game. People are expecting the spread right now, or when it opened, I think it was set at 10, um, at least on uh, the sports book that I use, uh, 
which if they want to sponsor it, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so that, that feels like a little bit large. I don't know. They're a good defense. The Jets or the obviously they just got destroyed by the Bills. Um, but I don't know. The Dolphins kind of struggled against a eh, Raiders defense. So we'll see. But then after that, they have Washington and then Tennessee and then the Jets again. And then Dallas and Baltimore. So that is actually, that's a pretty tough stretch the rest of the way. If Shep makes playoffs, he'll be dealing with Jets, Cowboys, Ravens for Tua, which is hard. So, yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, Fields. And same for Hunter with all his dogs. Oh, yeah. Good point. Very good point. And Hunter is one of those teams, and we'll talk about in a sec. He's been absolutely rolling. So that could be huge. And then Fields in playoffs goes well honestly well this first game is cleveland which isn't great <laughs> but then after that it goes arizona atlanta so if shep makes it by the first round of playoffs he'll probably be in the clear but um let's see i did have what was i gonna say oh yeah here we go so with the result of this game um let's see reeds why did I think? For some reason, I thought Reed won this game when I was writing my notes, I think. That's funny. <laughs> but it, it still works. So Reed, Reed's playoff chances dropped down to 56%. I'm not sure, again, what they were before, but I'll be able to tell you next week when you know, we can refer back to these stats. And Shep went up to 54%. So they're kind of neck and neck. They're definitely going to be uh, kind of in the same position the rest of the way, both at 6 and 5, similar points for, um, similar schedules. Uh, but... What was I going to say? Um, Shep, or no, Reed. Nope, just kidding. Shep, <laughs> Shep is behind Zach in the standings due to the, the points for tiebreakers. So if the season ended today, he'd be out of the playoffs. Um, but he does still have that slighter, that slightly higher chance of making the playoffs due to what is a very s- slightly easier um, schedule down the stretch. So uh, Shep plays... Why did I? I don't know why I wrote that. Shep plays Reed again, by the way, um, which is hilarious. We d- we mentioned it in, or I mentioned in the group chat today, but Reed and Shep play each other back to back weeks, and Zach and Hayden play each other in back to back weeks, which schedule makers were cooking up something crazy when they did that. I don't think that's even, like, NFL can't even do that. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's so like, weird. Yeah, it's nuts. But anyway, so Shep plays Reed, Zach, and Hayden to enter, or to end the year, um, and Reed has I miswrote this completely. Well Reed has Shep again. Bro, what what was I on when I wrote this? Okay. The point <laughs> I was trying to make, Shep uh has to play no, they both have to play Hayden and they play each other, I think. And then uh Reed also has to play Hunter, uh which is what's giving him I think a slightly less chance you know what this isn't completely botched i completely screwed up what this this game was supposed to be i promise i fixed it later so what i do know is correct is reed's chances are down to 56 percent, and shep is down or up to 54 percent um and so uh the winner next week when they rematch is probably going to significantly increase their chances at a postseason bid um and the other is going to go way down i have a feeling so um, be very interesting to see what happens in the rematch next week. Yeah, I think it'll be close. And I think the one other note um, I wanted to make on this game before moving on, um, Tony Pollard finally scored. I think he had yeah. the current like 
NFL record or something for most touches without a touchdown. Um, and Gus Edwards got two more touchdowns, like he does every week. Yeah. Um, That's wild. Yeah. Shall we move on to the next game? Let's do it. This was the uh, by far the biggest blowout of the week um, in a game that was not close whatsoever as Metacris beat the Bean team by about 70. <laughs> and it's not that yep, Luca had an awful week either. Chris is just absolutely on fire right now, uh, nearly beating the scoring record that he just set last week. Um, and Chris now holds the three highest scores of the season with a 157, a 164, and a 166. <laughs> Which is Chris had six players score more than 16 points this week. Wow. That's, that's crazy. And a lot of double digits. Like everybody but, I mean, Trey McBride only got 6.8, and then his defense and kicker both got nine, but everyone else was in doubles. That's wild. Yeah. That's a good Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, I think – I think Puka's set to have another good week if Cup doesn't end up playing. Mm-hmm. Um, I regret giving away Keenan Allen for Mark Andrews. That was not my favorite, but Keenan Allen's been rolling. There's no one else for Justin Herbert to pass to. Um, and Brock Purdy and Brandon Ayuk combining yeah. for 51 points. Yeah. I hate to harp on your trade, too, but James Cook is also looking a little bit better as of the past couple of games, which is a bummer, but... Um, yeah, I think the new offensive coordinator for the Bills is good for James Cook. Definitely, yeah, especially, yeah, in that game against Denver, I mean, the only reason he scored over 10 was because he had that long run in which he fumbled and then picked up the ball, um, but other than that, he would have just had like, a couple fumbles and like no rushes, so, but this week, yeah, was a big, big improvement for sure, um, but yeah, I, I just think, so, this team of Chris's, uh, way back, remember we made our, our championship predictions? And I, I picked Chris, and he happens to be rolling right now. Uh, but this is a very, very different team than the team that I picked to win the championship. So it's kind of funny that he struggled for a while when I, and I was wrong. And then now he's, like, doing really well. So I went back, and <laughs> here's Chris's top five draft picks. So his first one was Bijan, who has significantly underperformed so, the first half of the year and, <laughs> and was traded to you. Uh, his second pick was Devontae Adams, who significantly underperformed the first half of the year as well, um, but is now doing a little bit better, and he's still the wide receiver two for Chris, now behind Keenan Allen. Um, and then Mark Andrews was his round three pick, who is potentially out for the rest of the year slash the fantasy season and got traded to you. Uh, Najee Harris was his fourth round pick, who got passed by Jalen Warren in the depth chart and has been benched by Chris, rightly so. Um, and his fifth round pick was Miles Sanders, who was passed by Hubbard in the depth chart and has since been dropped and is now a free agent in our league. So <laughs> Bijan, Devontae Adams, Mark Andrews, Najee Harris, Miles Sanders were one through five. And then six was Brandon Ayuk, so that was a good pick. But um, the guys, the names that have actually been getting it done for Chris the past two weeks are Keenan Allen, who you traded to him, Rashad White, who's had a revival, and I, hold on, let me, I forgot to write it down, but he's... The running back six on the year, by the way, in case I think anybody eight. forgot. Oh, I just clicked on. Or is it six now? I think he's six Maybe now. He's six probably, now. it might okay. have changed now that, yeah, because, I mean, well, this week he had 14.8 again. But, yeah, according to their profile on NFL.com, he's six. I don't know if that okay, is great. 
but yeah. Uh, so Rashad White, Brock Purdy, who has had a revival and has been really good, one of his better players as of late. Brandon Ayuk, which that stack is nuts. Um, and then James Cook and Devonte Adams. So, uh, yeah, very surprising <laughs> way to be scoring 160 plus back to back weeks, but he's definitely getting it done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Chris is crushing it. Um, and I think I guess we can talk um, about Lucas' team a little bit. And Jalen Hurst to Devonte Smith finally kind of worked out. Devontae Smith started getting a few more targets, and A.J. Brown was just shut down last night. Um, Garrett Wilson, man, negative .1 points. I know we talked about the backup quarterbacks, and maybe Tim Boyle will be better, but that's just a bummer for Garrett Wilson. And same with Deontay. Deontay Johnson, I don't know what happened. He was supposed to have, like, the highest floor of any player, but um, just nothing this week. Well, I mean, when you have Kenny Pickett throwing to you (laughs) – it, it it kind of makes sense. <laughs> he's he's not one of the 15 that can play NFL level football. No, he does not qualify unfortunately. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, um but yeah, uh what else? Uh so Luca, we talked about the past couple of weeks he's kind of he's been on a roll, right? He had that 3 week average of like 125 to 30. Um but even if he hit that this week, he still would have lost by like 40. Um so can't be too upset about, you know, not having a really great performance. Still pretty solid, not the lowest of the week. Um, but, like, what can you do when your opponent puts up 164, you know? <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah with with the win, uh, Chris's playoff hopes increased to 35%, which I'm surprised that they were actually lower than that. But I guess he was, what, 4-6 and six going into the week, so that makes sense. Um, and he's very much back in the mix with this team that has been unstoppable as of late uh and then meanwhile the the loss ironically puts luca in direct competition with chris for a playoff spot um and luca is down to a 36 percent chance to make the postseason so they're both hovering around the same odds um trying to sneak in there we'll see how these next couple weeks go but they're both very much going to need a win um just going to look ahead here uh luca has a matchup with alex and Chris plays July, if that means anything to anybody. Um, but, yeah. You got anything else on this game? That's about all I had. I think that's it. Um, so I think let's move on to your game. Yes. High cup side versus me. what a mess. And, and it was a mess. Yeah, this was. And as was my another, team. <laughs> another decently close game. But, yeah. Um, yeah, what were your kind of thoughts watching this week? Yeah, I mean, the injuries for both of us were a bummer. Obviously, Jacob took the the, the brunt of, you know, the whole thing with losing Kenneth Walker, and um, Joe Burrow is massive, uh, and then I lost Cup early. So what could have been potentially a higher-scoring close game ended up being kind of just a meh game in which I was up 106 to, like, 80-something going into – or no, I was up, like, 90 to – I can just look. I don't know why. <laughs> I had Javante Williams. He had Cortland Sutton. Uh, Javante didn't do anything great. Sutton was quiet, too, until the touchdown at the end, which stellar catch, by the way, again. Um, also, Cortland Sutton is tied with Tyreek Hill for touchdowns this year. Just wanted to point that yeah. out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is wild. Um, but, yeah, so it, it I felt like I kind of had it in the bag going into the, the Sunday night football game against the Vikings. Um, 
and yeah, I mean, Suck caught that touchdown at the end, and it got a little bit closer. But yeah, the injuries really just just kind of got the best of us. But personally, I'm I'm glad to come these past two weeks. I played Alex and Jacob, and I came away one and one. So I'm I'm not going to complain. I almost beat Alex, so that would have been nice. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's a a good hey yeah good record against the top two teams in our league. Um, by a couple of notes from this game, yeah, rough injury day for Jacob, and he started three Bengals, and um, the best yeah. one was Evan McPherson, who had 10 points. Wow, yeah. That's um, you guys had the exact same points from your defenses, and they both scored 21. Yes, and to talk about that for a second, so Jacob pointed out he thought that, you know, our crazy 21-21 um sound like 21 savage out here <laughs> um <laughs> our, our 21 to 21 defensive performance might have been the highest uh, of the week and so i did a little research and i went back and I, I sent this to you and luca and i shared with jacob too but i'll share with everyone else now so the top five combined defensive performances of the year go as followed uh tied for first was jacob and hayden in week three they scored 43 uh tied with them was july and chris in week four they scored 43 um, and you'll kind of see a theme here, a lot of 43 or 42. So tied for third is Luca and Zach in week five. Uh, this was one of the more even ones where I think Luca scored 24 and Zach had 18. A lot of these were very one-sided, um, including a couple down the list here, I'll say in a second, but they scored 42 together. And then Jacob and I also got 42 this week, tied for third. And then the fifth highest was me in July week one, where I scored 35 and he scored two. Uh, <laughs> nice <laughs> with the Cowboys and that Giants game, which is nuts. So that was 37. And then some other notable ones: Reed and Hunter combined for 32 in Week Nine. Myself and Luca combined for 30 in Week Four. And Zach and July combined for 30 in Week Nine. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It was it was fun to see both of our defenses do well and what was essentially a net zero, and it just kind of you know made me feel like. I'd earn the win a little bit more by, you know, we, I didn't have to rely on the Cowboys against the Panthers, which was good. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hey, that's a, and good call to start the Cowboys over the 49ers. I think that one makes sense, yeah. but well done. Um, also, I think my last note on your game is um, your D boys are back with DK and DJ yeah. both having uh-huh. good games. DJ, games, yeah. DJ Moore is, he just needs Justin Fields. I mean, Tyson Bajan wasn't it. doing it, but um, now that he's back, and a lot of it came on that one um, long touchdown pass, oh, but yeah. still, it's good to see he's going to get targets, and they're going to play easier defenses, too, because especially yeah. like the Vikings now, next week. No, for real. Yeah, they have a much better rep. I feel a lot more comfortable every week having to, I didn't really have a choice. I just kind of had to throw DJ Moore in there with Tyson Bajan, and it was always like, eh, okay, whatever, like four to six points. You know, I won a couple games and they lost a couple, and so it was like, yeah, whatever. But I'm very happy to have Fields back, and it just as you had been saying the past couple of weeks, it that's exactly what happened as Fields came back and he improved a lot. So, um, yeah, for me and Jacob, uh, this win brought me up to a 72% chance of making the playoffs, and it kind of evened the playing field with Jacob, who's right above me, with a 79% chance. So he went down a little bit, but still very good odds of making the playoffs in our current state. Um, but yeah, that's all I got. Yeah. Fun, fun little note. We, you and I each started a quarterback who threw three interceptions and still won their NFL game. 
and <laughs> we each won our fantasy game with those quarterbacks. That's funny. Yeah, that was wild. That I was very surprised. I mean, with Goff too, but Stroud had only thrown I think two picks all year, and then he just threw three against the Cardinals, which is sort of. I mean, to be fair, the one was I think like a tipped, nothing you could do about it. Like it wasn't his fault. The receiver there, someone just tipped it, and you know, but to over double your interceptions in one game against a pretty bad defense that, that worried me a little bit but he still threw for over 335 just barely he threw for 336 for the third week in a row i think so wow. that's cool yeah and they yeah they were both quarterbacks who had streaks of no interceptions to start the season and then yeah right. um did through three this week but hmm. yeah it was a fun game yeah congrats on stuff. the win thanks man i appreciate it um well let's move on to our penultimate game mm-hmm. in which who do we who do we have thank you who do we have here i already i kind of forgot it we is, got hl hlp 525 versus alex's all americans and yeehaw. congrats hunter you've solidified the number one spot in our league and oh yeah got another win and looking great true and and this one it also was not all that close not the biggest blowout of the week but um hunter had a very solid 125 to alex's 97 um and so yeah really good stuff he he's getting hot at the right time like pretty much the definition of it because he he had a pretty hit or miss couple shaky weeks there in the middle um but since then he's just been he's been doing really well he's now won two in a row which isn't like crazy win streak but just performing really well week in and week out and that's what you need going into the postseason so um and by far the most points for i believe uh still so Like he's going to win that tiebreaker no matter what. And so I think actually because of that, Hunter has easily the highest percent chance of making the playoffs with a 96% chance. So Hunter can almost hang the banner. No, I'm just kidding. Not yet. But, you know, pretty high chance. And he has the highest chance of winning the whole thing also with a 26% chance. Um, the next highest oh, I think wow. was me. I think the next highest was me with 16 and then Jacob with 13. Um, and so... Yeah, 26, by far the most, which is, like, yeah, very, very impressive. And so, um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Alex, though, despite the loss, still has the second-best playoff odds with 84%. Um, So nothing to worry about there. I I think he'll still, as long as he doesn't lose out, he should be okay. Um, But there is definitely a world in which um, either Alex or Jacob don't make the playoffs just with like the number of teams that are six and five and five and six like if a couple teams get hot they and if like alex and jacob were to both kind of fight for that sixth spot somehow it's it's pretty unlikely i think but yeah i don't think there's any way they both miss right i don't think so just yeah but i think we'll need a couple of the five and six six and five teams to make a run um but it'll be interesting and on Hunter's team, it's kind of shocking that he's been doing this without his um, second-round pick of Patrick Mahomes. Or not yeah. without him, but Patrick well, Mahomes yet, is a QB 10 on the year. Yeah, he's mid. Um, like, he is um, – Josh Dobbs is scoring more fantasy points than Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Sam Howell. Brock Purdy. Yeah. CJ Stroud. Wow. Um, which I think we all yeah, thought would happen. Totally makes sense. Um, oh, so duh. I think if Patrick yeah. Mahomes – he doesn't look like himself playing, but if he does get back to how he's been, um, Hunter's team is scary. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And that would be the very Mahomes-esque thing to do is start playing well at the end of the season, you know? So 
Hoffman Hunter needs him most. I could see that. Um, I didn't have a lot to talk about with this game other than, like, uh, Alex's wide receivers with having two team duos of Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, but then also Jaden Reed and Romeo Dobbs, who he didn't start this week um, with Dobbs. But the fact that the Packers wide receiver duo is as good or maybe better than his Bucks one right now, like the those two guys are clearly the wide receiver one and two, and Christian Watson he scored a touchdown this week, but like I don't he's not good, and he's he's fallen like away in the depth chart, and now all of a sudden Alex is sitting here with two top targets on an offense that isn't great, but like they're getting a lot of throws, a lot of looks. Jordan Love seems to like them, so that's just kind of weird, right? Yeah. Like. Yeah. yeah, it really is, and yeah. and also Alex has Luke Musgrave too. So yeah, <laughs> three Packers pass catchers, three Packers. Um, we'll but I think Jaden Reed but... is the best one, and props to Alex. Yeah, Alex. All of my fantasy podcasts are putting Jaden Reed as like the number one waiver wire claim for wide receivers, or at least one of them. And Alex has had him for weeks, and he's been doing oh, good yeah. for weeks too. So yeah, um, yeah, he and Dobbs are. Both having pretty solid games. I think Dobbs is pretty touchdown dependent, but he's been scoring a lot of touchdowns. But Jaden yeah. Reed has actually been getting yards too, so he might be the True. number one wide receiver on the Packers moving forward. I think that's completely fair. Yeah, I mean Dobbs. Yeah, you're right. He's his past five weeks, he scored a one touchdown four of the five games, and like he's never this last week he's had 53 receiving yards. Before that, it was 30, 18, 36, 31. So yeah. Very touchdown dependent, but clearly a big red zone target for for Jordan Love. So, yeah, if he keeps scoring touchdowns, he'll be at least worthy of a flex play. But down the as long as Alex doesn't have any major buys, he might not even need to. Like his lineup right now is fairly solid. I don't know if I would like if he would make any changes unless he has buy. Oh, you got to get Jalen Warren in there though. I like he has surpassed Najee on the depth chart officially. Um, I think last week, and then it showed this week, and he ran like mad. So uh, the only bright spot in the entirety of the Pittsburgh Steelers offense. So, uh, Yeah, I do think the get, getting moved ahead of Najee on the depth chart, I think I heard it was more of like a ceremonial thing, that they do that oftentimes to let a player like walk out first. Um, I forget the reason why Warren did it last week, but I think Tomlin said that was why. Mm. Um, but this week he looked way better than Najee. Um, I don't know if they'll ever move away from Najee and go like fully on Warren, but I think he, he's shown enough that he should get like more work than Najee moving forward. I, I think they're going to, I mean, the fans have been calling it since the beginning of the season. I mean, it's the same exact situation as when Austin Eckler took over for Melvin Gordon for the chargers. Like there was this young, very talented running back smaller not a big bruiser in the backfield there and he was just playing so much better and so they started to move on from Melvin and they brought Eckler in there and then eventually they were like all right Melvin you're not as good anymore bye-bye and then Eckler took over and he's been one of the more dominant running backs in the NFL since and I feel like that's the exact same like that's Jalen Warren now and so I think the rest of the year yeah they might be kind of a 1A 1B but like if they move on from Najee at the end of the year I think that might be for the better of everybody um but I don't know I've been a big Jalen Warren believer I just think I like he's way more 
He's just got way more juice than Najee. I don't I don't like watching Najee Harris. It's just boring to me. And I really like watching Jalen Warren. And so I, I just hope he, yeah, I don't know. It might have been ceremonial, but I think that might have just been like football talk for Mike Tomlin, you know, media talk, I guess. Where I, I don't know. He might just be kind of the guy <laughs> because he's helping yeah. him win games. So. Yeah, I could see it happening for sure. Um, but I don't think I have any other major notes on this game. Yeah, me neither. Pretty straightforward game. One team won by a good amount, and the other team did okay, and that's kind of it. So uh, with that out of the way, let's move to our last game of the week. And this was a very pivotal matchup um, between Zach and Hayden, who, as we mentioned before, play each other again this coming week. Um, and that's going to have some pretty big implications because uh, with the win here, Zach – had a, got a much-needed boost in the standings, and he increased his playoff chances to 43%. Um, with the loss, Hayden now has the third-worst odds of making the playoffs down at 31%, which isn't bad, actually. Like, he's very much still in it. Just needed to be noted that he's down there um, in the unlikely cal- category of making the playoffs now, but he's like absolutely in it. And so this rematch is, like, the Shep-Reed rematch is important, um, but this one is seemingly more important because Hayden has is one game back from Zach whereas Reed and Hayden or Reed and Shep are now tied so um at six and five and then Zach's at six and five Hayden's at five and six so uh this next week will be very very important but uh as for this week there was there were a lot of similarities in the box score like just matchups across from each other right like Lamar Jackson yeah it looks very similar Yeah. Um, where Lamar um, scored 23.9 and Josh Allen scored 22.5, so very close there. Um, I know yeah. those were both guys drafted in the same draft class. Then if you go down, Joe Mixon had 18.5, Christian McCaffrey had 18.8. Uh, very similar, also guys drafted in the same draft class. I wish I could just keep going and say they were all drafted in the same draft class, but those are the only two. <laughs> um, wow. But I thought it was interesting. <laughs> yeah, and it, like Terry McLaurin and Brandon Cooks had kind of similar stat lines. Um, both tight ends um, had pretty dud games with Jake Ferguson, Logan Thomas. Um, The one standout difference is the Rico Dowdle versus Devin Singletary, where Singletary scored 18.8 and Rico Dowdle only had three. Um, I think Rico Dowdle got hurt during that game, and that might be why he struggled. I I believe so, yeah. Yes. Yeah, but I don't know. Other than that, kind of like – for Zach, sort of a quieter day, which, I mean, quieter for CeeDee Lamb is still a pretty decent day with, you know, 13.5 points, but only 38 yards and a receiving touchdown and seven-yard rush. Um, but coming off his streak that he's been on, that's a little bit quieter. And so this game could have been a lot less close if he had his normal day, but it ended up being a tad bit closer. And um, I believe Hayden was chasing on Monday night, right, with uh, Pacheco, Butker, and DeAndre Swift, and Swift. right? Yeah. yeah, and so he was down quite a bit going into it, and he just nearly got there, which that that's one of those fantasy scenarios that's just kind of like, that's rough, man. You know, <laughs> like you're going into a primetime matchup. You're down. You have three guys. He has none. Like, I don't know. You, you're just hoping yeah. for offense, and then you got the game that we got last night where it was like, oh, yeah, just an 21-17, whatever. It's tough with Pacheco <laughs> because he – he looked so good. He got yeah. um, 20 touches of the ball, but he they were just kind of empty. It was uh, 19 carries for 89 yards, and they had one catch for two yards. 
And yeah. so he was like on the ball a lot, doing a lot, but he just didn't score and didn't catch a lot of passes. And so it only yeah. amounted to 9.6 points, even though he was so involved in a big part of the Chiefs game last night. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, uh, I think that's all I wanted to touch on for this one. You got anything else? Um, Got to give one shout out to Saquon. He finally sure, had his course. blow up game, two touchdowns, and so that really carried Zach to the win. And so um, it's been a rough road for the Giants, but good to see them get a win. Tommy DeVito and Saquon holding it down. For sure, yeah, that was that was crazy. Not at all how I thought that game was going to go. <laughs> I mean, in yeah. our our locks, I took Washington. I took them pretty confidently. I was like, the way the Giants are playing right now, Tommy DeVito ain't gonna like the the Washington defense is fairly solid and i thought sam howell was playing at a level where he could dot up the giants defense but i was wrong they see i think five turnovers turnovers i think the commander's defense might be bottom three in the league whoa in the whole i mean they're they've definitely gotten worse since they've lost the pressure at the the line with losing chase young and montez sweat um but I, i like their young corners i think they're i think they're solid i think they're easily bottom half but I don't... Ooh. In defensive, yards allowed, they are 29th. Oh, well, there you go. Huh. So I was close. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Dang, that, that surprises me. I feel like they were... And they've allowed the, the second most touchdowns. Huh. Well, there you go. That's pretty Tied bad. Tied for the second most touchdowns with the Panthers, Bears, and Cardinals. Yikes. Yeah, that's not great. But still, it's Tommy DeVito and the Giants. <laughs> and you're going to let him yeah, do that to you, you know? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Huh. I guess I have that a bit of a going into the season bias still with the Washington defenses. I felt like they were pretty solid. And they definitely were at the beginning of the year. But since, I guess, they've really struggled. So yeah. I guess that's what happens when you trade away your two best defensive players. <laughs> you know, that, that does add up. That makes sense. You're not getting a lot of pressure at the line anymore and that was like your one good thing going for you and so yeah their linebackers are definitely bad and then yeah they, the corners are young but i like what i've seen so far but obviously they're not performing well now so i don't know but yeah uh okay well that i think about does it for our recap of the games um and with that let's move on and each talk about uh our baller of the week the guy that we thought outperformed expectations and just had an overall pretty solid week and um i guess i i can start because it might lead nicely into to yours but my guy uh is i i want to shout out brock purdy uh any allegations against him for being a fraud are starting to dissipate slowly he uh he had a perfect passer rating of 180 158.3, 8.3, not 183.5, 158.3. Um, and the only other 49ers quarterbacks to do that in history were Steve Young and Joe Montana. And so... Um, good company. That's that's very good company for um, your, your team's history. Uh, and the Niners just feel unstoppable once more. And I just, I heard this somewhere, and I, you just know that if they win the Super Bowl... The freaking the Tom Brady comparisons are going to get old so fast, right? Because he's like, oh, for sure, he's doing enough just to like get him to the Super Bowl. Everyone was doubting him, like, 
you know, Mr. Irrelevant, blah, 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 blah. And then if even if he wins Super Bowl, but he's not great, he's just going to instantly rise to that level of like, oh, he's the next Tom Brady. Oh, my gosh. Like, people are already mumbling about it. And, yeah, he's good. He's making good decisions, but his guys are also, like, open by 10-plus yards on every single pass he throws, it feels like. So Kyle Shanahan's offense is nasty. So Yeah. Yeah, Brock Purdy is very good. And honestly, to carry on with that, um, we we didn't get our players of the week um, together. We both did them separately, but mine was Brandon Ayuk. Um, mm-hmm. And he went five for six um, and for 156 yards and a touchdown. Um, and I think a lot of that is due to Brock Purdy just improving, getting more comfortable in the offense. And when they're... Players are all healthy with McCaffrey, Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle. Um, I think it just gives more space for Ayuk to get open and get down deep, too, where mm-hmm. Brock Purdy has improved his um, deep-throwing accuracy a lot because that was one of his weaknesses last year. I think it was in the 40%, right around, like, 43%, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's up to over 66% um, wow on this season. So he's been able to improve that a ton and that's really benefited Ayuk because of Ayuk's speed and ability to get open. Um, and so that's how he can have five catches for 156 yards. Jeez. And then moving on to our dud of the, of the week. Um, I don't have much to say because this player did absolutely nothing this week and it's Gabe Davis. He mm-hmm. is, might be droppable, but you never know. He can always go for 150 and two any week, but then he can have weeks where he doesn't get targeted. So I did hear some interesting things that he made some positive comments about Ken Dorsey, who has recently let go. And so maybe the new offensive coordinator didn't like that and didn't want to give him the ball. I mean, hey, that makes sense. Because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. The the Bills wide receivers have been shockingly quiet. And my guy I wanted to talk about, again, we didn't talk, we didn't, coordinate this but i went with stefan diggs <laughs> and the fact that we went two niners and then two bills wide receivers is kind of funny but diggs has been at least a little productive not absolutely quiet like gabe davis but he still had two straight games at only five fantasy points but at, like you can absolutely you know give credit to pat sertan and sauce gardner because playing the broncos of the jets defenses back to back and, you know, playing those, having to go against those two corners, um, you're not going to have great games. I mean, the only reason Diggs had five fantasy points in the uh, the one game against uh, the Broncos, I know, is because there was one play where uh, PS2 was on the other side of the field, and so he had a nice catch. <laughs> and then that guy had quite a, quite a bit of points there. And so, yeah, but other than that, I think he held him to one catch for, like, 11 yards or something like that. So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I'm sure Diggs will be fine the rest of the way. It was just kind of odd to see him have back-to-back weeks of just kind of, eh, whatever performances. But, um, yeah. Yeah, all right. I think I think it's that time. It is absolutely that time. What time is it? Oh, oh it's my favorite time of the week. It is. It's pointless draft time. Pointless draft time. Let's go. Griffin, what are we drafting today? We are going to be drafting things 
that we hated as kids that we absolutely love and adore as adults. Um, and I'm really excited about this one. <laughs> I think there's some really fun answers for this. Um, and a lot of answers, I think so actually. Too. Like, like, I feel like you come up with a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's really fun. And so let's get right into it. I'll turn it over to you. You get the, the first overall pick in this one. Who or what are you taking? What thing do you love now that you did not like when you were a kid? Yeah, there was, um, you know, I had, I had a little bit of trouble coming up with this list, but there were a few that stuck out as like big ones. And then I feel yeah. like I have a lot of really small, more niche ones. Um, sure. But I think there's a clear 101 for this draft and it's going to bed. Going to bed. It okay. Is. Something that I did not like to do when I was a child. Now it's the best part of the day. It's when I get to go to bed. <laughs> I think that's fair. Okay. Interesting. Um, so what I thought you were going to pick is very similar. And is it just sleeping? I'm, well, no. It was specifically, and if you'll allow me to pick it, maybe we could just call this, this first overall pick a wash, basically, like we did last week. I was going to take naps. Like specifically, I think, that's naps. Fair. I think those are different a, things. So yeah, they're different. They both involve sleeping, but yeah, I agree. I do love just getting in bed at the end of the day after a long day. That is the best. But I also love a good nap on like a Sunday between football games or something too. So um, yeah, okay, we'll do that. So going to bed and naps uh, for our first two picks, and that means it's back to you. Yeah, it is. Ooh, okay. Um. Okay, this is the one that I feel like could be on your list as well. Um, okay. I'm going to go with running errands. Ooh, interesting. I did not think of that, but you're right. There is something very nice about running errands. Very, I very love running errands now. Shopping. Yeah, that's good. Just like driving around in my car, listening to music or a podcast. Yeah. Maybe it's the TBFFL podcast, but and I'm just going and yeah, doing a little shopping. So yeah. didn't like that as a kid, but love it now. One that I saw that's basically this, but is is grocery shopping. But I also didn't like hate it as a kid. Um, but it's kind of the same thing. I'm not taking that to be clear. I just like I saw that when I was looking for answers for this. Um, and so kind of yeah. the same vein. But yeah, I think running errands more specifically uh, covers that that feeling. And I agree. Um, okay, cool. Well, then that means I get my second overall pick, which is coffee. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, like, honestly, I, pro- I kind of wanted to take that first overall, and I think I would have, but I wanted to stick with the sleep theme. So, yeah, coffee. I, I hated coffee as a kid. Obviously, I feel like most people do. I feel like you're a little weird if you like coffee when you're really young. But then when I first got into it, you know, in, like, high school, I was, like, strictly a super sweet coffee guy and, like, had to have it with tons of sugared cream and all that jazz. Um, which there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, it's funny how I went from hating coffee to being like, Oh, I only have it when it's like soup, like it's dessert basically, you know, at that point. And yeah. then now I just drink black coffee cause I'm a psychopath. <laughs> and so, yeah. Hey, yeah, that's a good one. it was, it definitely crossed my mind, um, when coming up with the list. So I think it's definitely a great pick. Nice. I think oh, cool. for me, this, I'm going to take one that it definitely is something in a broader category. So if you want okay. to take the broader category, you're welcome to. But this okay. one just feels so specifically with the hate and then now I love um, yeah. that I had to go specific. Um, so we're going to go with Brussels sprouts. Oh, okay. Yeah, fair. And the broader category being vegetables? Yes. 
And I did learn the other day. I need to fact check this. I, I just okay. thought of it now. Yeah. But I think Brussels sprouts apparently taste much better than they used to over the past 20 years. They've been like, like overall for genetically bred to <laughs> have a better and less bitter taste. No way. Like, that's... If that's true, that is the coolest thing I think I've ever heard. And I love Brussels sprouts. And actually, you're kind of right. I like, so... I, I've honestly, like, always loved most vegetables, but there were a couple that, like, even when I was a child, I always disliked cauliflower when I was younger. Now it's, like, it's good, it's fine, it's whatever. Um, and Brussels sprouts were also kind of one that I was like, yeah, they're they're okay. They weren't they definitely weren't one that I wanted. You know, I always preferred, like, broccoli, asparagus, something like that with dinner, but Brussels sprouts were okay. But you're right, now I love them. So if there is some truth to that, I'd be... There is. Um, oh boy! No Dutch way. Dutch scientists identified exactly what chemical um, makes Brussels sprouts bitter in the 1990s, um, and then they started basically like um, doing like uh, Darwin um, selective breeding yeah, um, yeah. of Brussels sprouts so they can have lower concentration of the glucosinolates, which cause the bitterness. So they actually do taste better than they did in the 90s. <laughs> That is unbelievable. That is the coolest thing I think I've ever learned from this podcast. And it involves vegetables. <laughs> so <laughs> that, is, that, is, that is sick. That is really cool. Wow. Well, cool. Well, great pick then because it's literally like there's scientific proof behind hating it as a child and liking it now. <laughs> like you have a great reason for disliking it when you were a kid and liking it more now. <laughs> and so... That's really yeah. cool. I like that. Um, cool. All right. Hmm. Well, my next pick isn't going to be that exciting, I don't think. But I'm going to go with... Hmm, I have a few that are fun. But I think I'm going to go with showering or taking a shower. Um, or, you know, when we were kids, we didn't want to maybe take a bath or get clean or whatever. I love the feeling of taking a, a shower. Similarly to, like, getting in bed, like, after a long day. Um, or starting the day with a nice shower, whatever you choose. Um, I just, I really appreciate getting clean. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a great pick. That one wasn't on my list, but I probably would have taken it if I thought of it. Cause that's a really good pick. Yeah. <laughs> um, definitely something that I hated and now I love. Yeah. Dang. Well, cool. Well, okay. I've got my last pick, pick now. Yeah. Um, this is one. The first three are ones that I thought of. This is one that I did find from a list. Okay. Um, but once I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's perfect. Um, and it's sunscreen. Because oh, I yeah. hated putting on sunscreen as a kid. <laughs> Probably even longer than when I was a kid. But now I'm a huge sunscreen guy because I've been burnt too many times. And Fair. I'd rather just put on sunscreen let it dry and then be fine for the rest of the day. So that makes sense. Kind of out there, yeah. but I'm going with sunscreen. No, I think that's a great answer. Mm. Yeah, it was always annoying, especially when like your parents put way too much of it on you when you were a kid. That was kind of the thing. I think being able to apply it yourself now is like put the right amount of sunscreen on you. <laughs> you know that that's more enjoyable, and you know you're protecting your skin and um, hopefully saving yourself from skin cancer. So that's great. I, I like that pick a lot. That is that's very good. Um, Okay, well, my last one, a uh, few options here on my list, but I am going to go with uh, receiving clothing as a gift. 
Oh, good because, one. Because, oh boy, that was like the worst possible feeling, right? When you were like, let me take you back to when you were like six, seven years old and you got like socks or underwear. And now if I get those things, I'm like, heck yeah, I needed that. <laughs> That's all I want. Clothes. Yeah. Or like more specifically, like cool clothing now because I'm like, oh yeah, give me like a dope flannel or like some sneakers or something. And I'll be like, yeah, sick. Thank you. But yeah. That's a good pick. When you're, yeah, when you're a kid, you're like, oh, where's my toys? Or even when you're like, you're like video games or whatever when you're growing up. So, um, yeah. Well, nice. Well, did you have, okay. do you have any more on your list you wanted to share before we close it out? Um, I had like working out as one of them. I did too. Hey, uh, nice. Yeah. And I also put, I didn't end up taking this one because it was something that I like liked like a little mm-hmm. bit as a kid, but love it now. And it was just watching sports. I felt like I didn't yeah. watch a lot of sports okay. growing up. Sure. Um, but yeah, I did. It wasn't something I like, hated. Yeah. Um, I got you. So those are my other couple. Nice. I had a couple stupid answers and one that pertain more to me. Well, maybe actually you too. Cause one of, one of my top answers actually that I didn't end up using was reading. Mm. Because I feel like, I mean, you really, I, were you always a big reader? I know you became like a really big reader kind of around COVID, right? Yeah. I read a ton in growing up too. So okay, I was yeah. a reader kid. There you go. I was not, as you know, very well. I hated reading. Um, like I was fine. I could read well, but I just would way rather watch something or do something else than read. And then recently you've turned me on to some good books. And so, um, I've been very much into reading a lot lately. And so it took a while, a little bit less. So, uh, you know, the disparity between kid and adult for me, it was more like 22 and 23 years old, <laughs> but Hey, that's great to hear. We'll take it. It's maturity. Um, And then I I had a couple of stupid answers. I put beer. (laughs) Nice. That's a good one. I I hope you don't like that as a child. And then another dumb one is girls. (laughs) Yep. Cooties, Mm -hmm. you know, you're like, ah, no, scary. You know, it's like, oh, hey, nice. (laughs) Those are both great, very solid answers. Yeah, Yeah, but they, they felt a little bit less serious, so I just wanted to include them. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for today's episode. Uh, let us know if you like the new structure of things. Um, and if you want us to change anything or do anything going forward, I know we're well over halfway into the season, but we're always willing to take suggestions or fan input. Um, or if you have a cool stat or something that you want shouted out, I know I was texting Jacob this week and he was thinking about putting some stuff together and sending it my way so we could talk about it. And so, um, if anyone else wants something, or wants us to talk about or discuss or debate something uh, we'd love to do that so yeah but that being said uh that that's all all we got luke you want to want to leave them with those wise wise words of yours wise wise words Super wise. as always sick'em bears and let's go lions as always sick'em bears and go broncos man we're riding high all right well have a good week everybody we love you we appreciate you see you next week goodbye goodbye before i yell ah. Oh. Ah. I might just leave that in there. That'll be before the intro. (laughs) Ah!
Please do. Okay. <laughs>